Do-do-do-do-do-do, don't mind me, just Lil Oli from the Story Pirates welcoming you, yes, you, to another splendiferous episode of the Story Pirates podcast. And by welcoming you to the podcast, I'm welcoming you to enjoy all that we have in store for you today, such as singing celestial beans, talking unicorns, rock concerts, toothbrushing, narrating detectives, and the anatomy of whales. All that and more coming up after these quick words for the grown-ups. Hey, grown-ups! If you live in the Midwest United States, you can bring your kids to see Story Pirates live on the Amazing Adventure Tour, proudly sponsored by Carnegie Hall Kids. You can find tickets at storypirates.com live. Shows feature Eric from the Story Pirates podcast and Peter hosting in Wisconsin and Illinois. The Amazing Adventure Tour is headed to these cities in May. Iowa City, Iowa, St. Paul, Minnesota, Akron, Ohio, Plainfield, Indiana, Milwaukee and Madison, Wisconsin featuring Peter, Skokie and Joliet, Illinois also featuring Peter. We really would love to see you there. That ticket link again is storypirates.com slash live. Now back to the show. Hey, grownups. If you're a fan of comedy, there's a brand new podcast from our friend Justin Bartha that I wanted to tell you about. You may remember Justin from episode seven this season. He's the treasure hunter at the Met. And as you heard, a seriously funny actor. Justin's show is called King of the Egg Cream, and in addition to Justin, it has just the most incredible cast. Again, this show's just for grown-ups and probably older kids. Grown-ups, you can take a listen yourself and see what you think. But if you're a fan of hilarious stuff and well-told stories, you will probably like King of the Egg Cream. Here's a taste. This egg cream is delicious. I wish the chocolate syrup inside wasn't so expensive. If you'd like to save some shekels and have some fun at the same time, make sure you tune in to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. And now, back to the show. Milk. Everyone wants to know if you've got it. But does anyone really get it? What if milk were better, bigger, faster, stronger, taller, milkier? Here now to expand upon the true potential of milk is still me, Peter McNerney. But now with even more words. Peter, you've been monologuing for 30 minutes. No one's had this much to say since me at the intermission of Oklahoma. I had notes. But Megan, I'm trying to give a keynote address about my invention, a new kind of milk. Peter, is is it kefir? Ah! I knew someone would beat me to my invention. Yeah, by like thousands of years. Ugh, can we just do something that doesn't involve sitting and listening to Peter talk? My legs are getting tired and so are my ears. Okay, did everyone just wake up and decide to be rude today? Uh, sorry, Peter. I think it's just been a while since we all moved our bodies. We haven't done one of our big group exercises in over a week. Oh, that's true. And exercise is important because it releases a chemical in your body called endorphins, which reacts with the receptors in your brain to make you feel good. Great. First you don't like my milk presentation, and now you're telling me that we've got dolphins in our brains. 
Endorphins, Peter. Endolphins in porpoises. It's all the same, Nimini. It most certainly is not. Look, what if we all did some cycling? Nah. What if we ran around in tiny circles? Nah. What if we danced? Yeah, okay, yeah let's do it. Hey, wait, does everyone hear that music in the distance? Whoa, there's a huge crowd of fish out there. And a ton of lights and music and a rock that says concert on it. Huh. <gasps> you know what that means? A concert rock. No, Rachel, I think it means a, a rock, rock concert. concert. Oh. Yeah, that makes sense. Wow, can you believe our timing? We've got to get to that concert and dance to that music. Everyone suit up. It's time to rock. Just for the record, I feel like concert rock was a great guess. I just like writing stories. That's a good line. What kind? And that's what gets up on your story. Yeah, being willing to learn. Um, just have, have an open and positive mindset. And that inspires me that jokes are very funny. The Story Pirates. Welcome back to the Story Pirates podcast, everyone. Where we take stories written by kids. And turn them into sketch comedy. And songs. And dances. And poetry. And amazing new sounds like blue and taha. Boo, ba, Wow, we really need an activity. How about we do a story? Yeah! Okay, listeners. Have you ever noticed that some people have really strong feelings about what kind of music they like. And if you happen to like a different kind of music, they can even get super upset. Well, if you've ever dealt with this problem, you're going to understand this next story. Here's the author to introduce it. Hi, my name is Palmer. I'm nine years old. I live in Texas, and this is my story. It's called Stars and Moonlight. Hello there. My name is Lila, and as you can probably tell from my unique vocal cadence, I'm a magical unicorn. And oh boy, do I have a story for you. Once upon a time there were two sisters, they didn't get along. They had a musical difference, could never agree on a song. Cece was a ballerina, she liked to keep her cool. I like my songs to sound like a bright and shiny a pop star. She liked to sing it loud. I think that music is better when it's belting in front of a crowd. One day I came across them arguing. I stopped to listen and I heard them sing. My music's better for singing loudly, so I sing. When I heard them fighting, I said, oh, this will never do. They should keep the drama just between them two. So I took action, started to cast a spell. I'm kind of new to magic, so it didn't turn out so well. My powers took control and threw the sisters into the sky where they 
transform into a moon and star They were so far up there that I could barely see But I could hear their voices arguing celestially My music's better for singing loudly so I sing We'd been transformed into a star and the moon. Who did this to us? Oh, um, I did. <laughs> it's me, Lila the Unicorn. I am so sorry. Do you want me to try to reverse the spell or? Yes, yes, yes please, Lila, reverse the spell. Okay, okay, yeesh. No guarantees though. Here goes nothing. Two sisters trapped in the sky, trying to fly back down. Five full moons will come and go Before you can reach the ground And the spell will fade 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 You know, Judy, I've been thinking and I wanted to tell you that you're right. Your music's better for singing loudly, so I'll sing na 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 na. Cece, you're right too. Your music's better for dancing gracefully, so I'll sing la 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 la. Whoa. Finally, the fifth full moon arrived. My spell worked, and the sisters began to descend back down to the earth. All the stars in the sky, we won't forget you. You had a singing world. All the stars in the sky, we won't forget you. You had a singing world. Some music's better for singing loudly, so we sing na 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 na. fish and underwater mammals, and somehow one bird. Listen, they're chanting something. Okay, let's push through to the front of the crowd. They're chanting at that giant whale. Uh, excuse me, fish? Why is everyone shouting at that whale? That whale is one of the most famous concert venues under the ocean. It scheduled a big rock show inside its belly, but now it's not letting anyone in and won't say why. Whoa, so the concert is supposed to happen inside the whale? That's right. That's some gutsy acoustics. Best acoustics in the world, in fact. And I would know. I run a music blog. Hmm, let me get to the bottom of this. Hey, whale? Excuse me? Can you let everyone in so we can dance? No. Is it because you don't want to host a concert today? Because that's okay. We can make everyone leave. No, that's not it. I can't say why. End of story. Please leave. So you do want to have a concert, but you won't let anyone in and you won't tell us why? That's what I said. 
Now leave me alone! Listen, maybe if you told us what was wrong, we could help you. It's like very private and very whale specific. You wouldn't understand because you're not a whale. I mean, that's true. Hey, wait a second. Why are you saying everything through clenched teeth? I don't know what you're talking about. I'm opening my mouth like normal. No, you're not. Yes, I am. No, you're not. Yes, I am. You're, you're very clearly not. Ugh. If you must know, I can't let everyone in because I had a bunch of onions for lunch and I'm worried if I open my mouth, my breath will stink. There, I said it. Now go away! But we're underwater, so capacity to smell down here is pretty limited. Says you! If everyone were to smell my breath, they would never want to attend one of my concerts again. I'd get so many negative reviews on kelp. Not to mention a snarky, needlessly negative review on my fish blog. Shh! Not now, fish! Get out of here! Bye! You can't just keep your mouth closed forever. What if you were to, to laugh? You know, at a joke. I very much doubt you could make me laugh. I have a very refined joke palette. I'm a whale, not a porpoise. Wow, more underwater mammal drama? Well, we're amazing at jokes. Let's see, uh, anyone got any jokes? Ooh, yes, I have one. May I? If you must, but this won't work. Ahem, <clears throat> picture this. The day, a Tuesday. The weather, blustery. The season, fall. Time, 2 p.m. Place, the local bistro. Reality, no. Or at least, not yet. Are you sure this is a joke? Positive. A waiter is wiping down a countertop, thinking of better days. Days when the kids were young, when his mind was quick. He had dreams back then, and Ross was still around. <laughs> Peter, I haven't even told the joke yet. Sorry, I was just picturing somebody named Ross. How is that funny? Because I'm picturing them wearing a very funny hat. That is pretty funny. Well, why didn't you laugh? It wasn't ha-ha funny. It was like, oh, that's funny, funny. That feels worse than if you just said nothing at all. I told you. I only laugh at very refined jokes. Hmm. Ugh, I for sure thought that would work. What if we surprised you so much that you opened your mouth and forgot about your bad breath? Like when you scare someone who has hiccups. Nothing surprises me. I bet I could surprise you. I've been told I'm very surprising. Ready, Whale? I have a name, you know. What's your name? Bartholomew. Ah! That is such a surprising name for a whale. <laughs> I can't top that. <laughs> I give up. I don't think we're going to this rock concert today. Ugh, and I really wanted to see some underwater rock stars. I don't blame you. It's a great lineup. We're talking King Wrecked Tune, Wavy Jones Rocker, and Crab with an Instrument. She's a crab with an instrument but I can't risk everyone smelling my breath. Oh, why did I eat so many onions? I did this to myself. Just let us in. No one will care about your bad breath. I have bad breath all the time. Same, it happens to everybody. It's no big deal. It's a big deal to me. There will be no concert today or ever again. My precious days as a concert venue are over. <gasps> Gasp. We'll be right back. Hey, grown-ups! Today's episode is brought to you by Paramount Pictures' new big-screen family comedy adventure, If. Set within the magical world of imaginary friends, If's fantastically fun original story entertains audiences of all ages and delivers a comedy packed with lots of laughs and heart. If is in theaters May 17th. 
Personally, I'm looking forward to seeing If because of all the weird, wild, and funny characters. I saw the trailer, and there's this weird banana-looking character that you can only see in the trailer for like a second, but I'm obsessed. What's that guy's deal? I cannot wait to find out. Plus, if you know me, you know I like a stacked cast, and this one has got it all. Ryan Reynolds, John Krasinski, Kaylee Fleming, Fiona Shaw, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Louis Gossett Jr., and Steve Carell. Uh, A-list much? Not to mention that If also has my personal favorite actor of all time. That's right, Jon Stewart. I am excited to see this movie, not least of all, because I'd like to see and or hear Jon Stewart on the big screen. From visionary director John Krasinski, If is about a girl who discovers that she can see everyone's imaginary friends. It's the perfect movie to see with the whole family and takes audiences on a magical big screen adventure filled with heart and hilarious laughs that are meant to be shared. Best of all, If celebrates the power of a child's imagination, which, you know, sounds pretty good to me. See If in theaters May 17th. Hey, grown-ups! Today's episode is sponsored by Carnegie Hall Kids. Carnegie Hall Kids is a free website for children ages 5 through 12 to learn about music through fun games and quizzes, igniting imagination in children, offering activities that encourage musical curiosity, and developing knowledge of musical concepts. To find all of the fun, child-friendly games and quizzes, just go to, uh... Just go to... Jeez, I can't remember. Hey, Peter! Hey, Lee! Peter, do you know how to get to Carnegie Hall, kids? I sure do. Practice, practice, practice. No, no, no. That's the old joke about Carnegie Hall. I'm wondering if you know how to get to Carnegie Hall, kids. Kids can practice too, Lee. Jeez. I know kids can practice. I'm just wondering how to find Carnegie Hall, kids. It's on 7th Ave between 56th and 57th Street. No, Peter, not the physical Carnegie Hall. I'm talking about the website Carnegie Hall Kids, where kids can check out fun musical games and quizzes. I'm not sure I follow. Well, there's one quiz called Animal or Instrument. Ooh, good question. I think you either sound like a crow or a trumpet. No, not me. Animal or Instrument is a quiz that asks kids to listen to sounds and then guess how they're made. Sounds okay. I'd rather learn about different musical traditions from different cultures, though. You can do that at Carnegie Hall Kids, too. I just need to know how to get there. You're going to want to take the NQ or R train to 57th Street. You can't miss it. It's a website! I can make an elephant sound! (sighs) Very good, Peter. (laughs) Thank you. Start your child's musical journey today at kids.carnegiehall.org. Hey, you figured it out! That's kids.carnegiehall.org. Wait, I think I know what we can do about this. I can't believe I didn't think of this before. Bartholomew, we just need to brush your teeth. You mean my baleen? Baleen? All right. Certain species of whale actually use baleen instead of teeth to eat. There are fibers made of keratin that are used to filter food out of the water. Thanks for human-splaining my anatomy to me. Sorry, I got excited. If I had baleen... (laughs) 
I would filter all the noodles out of soup. I think I have an ant baleen. You still haven't told me what brushing your baleen means. Oh, right. It's easy. You just jam a stick covered in paste between the bones in your mouth. Teeth aren't bones, Lee. Bones can heal and repair themselves. Teeth can't, which is why you have to take care of them. Everything I know is wrong. Well, at least when it comes to teeth and bones. So you're saying that brushing my baleen could get rid of the smell? Pretty much. Okay, I'll let you in, but no one else, okay? Deal. Okay, get in quick, hurry. Wow, it is oniony in here. I kind of like it. Okay, pirates. Everyone have a toothbrush? Ready, set, brush! And finished. All right, Whew. let's get out of this whale. <laughs> What do you think, Bartholomew? Wow, I feel like a whole new whale. In some senses, you are. We brushed a lot of gunk out of your mouth. Well, I feel great. I want to breathe on everyone. All right, Bartholomew. Are you ready to let people in? Yeah. You know, I can't believe I just totally shut myself down to the possibility of having good breath when all I had to do was let a group of podcasters brush my baleen. How did you know we're podcasters? Your microphones, your faces, your general vibes. Oh. You know, Bartholomew, we can teach you how to brush your own baleen, too. I would love that. So, can everyone come and party? Yes. Welcome, everyone, to the Concert Rock Rock Concert. I knew it. Ha <laughs> ha, Concert Rock. I knew it. Now, introducing your headliner, Crab with an Instrument. Oh, <gasps> The instrument is a smaller crab. And the smaller crab's instrument is castanets. Finally, we get to dance. Let's throw a story into this jam, too. Listeners, this next story is a mystery. The kind of mystery where the main character detective likes to talk a lot, and he sounds like he needs to take some time off, but like in a funny way. Here to introduce it is the author. Hello, I'm Jack, age 12, and I'm from Illinois. This is my story, The Mystery of the Eaten Candy. Private Eye, that's what it says on my door anyway. I'm a detective on Robert Drive. And why? Because nobody else wanted this job. They say the clues are too little, the crime here too much, and I'm here to tell you they're right. And as for the pay, well, that's not so good either. Speaking of pay, at just that moment, a client entered my office, which is also my home. It's decorated like an office. It's a home office. Who could afford both in this economy? He was a mysterious gent, and as he approached, he didn't speak a word. I found this incredibly rude. He then dropped a heavy case file on my desk, confirming my deepest suspicions. He was, in fact, incredibly rude. I opened the file and read through the case. So, what do you think? Well, mysterious gent, let's see here. 12.03 a.m., 1.2 pounds of candy loaded onto truck. 12.06 a.m., truck on Fleming Road. 12.10 a.m., truck found in ditch. Candy is <gasps> stolen. So, you think you can handle this case? You have offended my dignity, mysterious gent. If that is your real name. It's not. This case is certainly a baffling one, but I've handled every single case ever handed to me, no matter how many unnecessary pieces of paper it was printed on. There was a sale at the paper store. His story checked out. 
the paper store was always having a sale. How they were still in business was beyond me. I'll start as soon as I receive payment. Here you go, here's 30 bucks. Oh, gimme, gimme, gimme! An embarrassing outburst? Perhaps. But like I said, this job doesn't pay well. I shove the bills into my money drawer. Say, nice draw. Thanks, it's my money drawer. I keep all my money in there, but you don't need to know that. <laughs> I've already forgotten. Your case is in the right hands. Oh, and one last thing. What's that? What's this case got to do with you? That's private info. Rude, but I couldn't concern myself with that. I was on the case. The next morning, I got into my Ford Anglia and drove through the rain towards the estate of one Mr. Garstone Barrington, a sullen, bad-tempered person who everyone hated. Why? Because if there was a crime in this town, there was always a trail leading back to him. Plus, he had a sweet tooth for candy, and everybody knew it. My thoughts were shaken for me as I pulled up into Mr. Garstone Barrington's driveway and then walked up to the intricately carved front door. May I help you? The butler's voice was smooth, pleasing, his tone utterly flawless. Have you ever considered narrating audiobooks? Pardon me? Your voice, it resonates like a... No, sorry, that's not what I'm here for. I'm here to see Mr. Barrington. Here's my card. It's quite moldy. Thanks. It says here you're private eye and audiobook agent? One of my side hustles. Think about it. Follow me, please. You may sit here in the salon. I'll fetch Mr. Barrington. As he left me in the empty room, I knew this was my chance to look for clues. I pulled open a large marble door to reveal the brightest white kitchen I'd ever seen. Gah! It's bright! It was so bright I had to keep my hands in front of my face as I snuck around. Unfortunately, I failed to notice a puddle of water spill on the ground, leading to four simultaneous events. One, I slipped. Whoa. Two, I did the splits. Three, Three my pants tore. Uh -huh. And four, my nose hit something metal. Ooh. All were terrible experiences, save for the splits, which I've been trying to do for three months. As for the tear in my pants? No! A tragedy. Those are my favorite pants, and they covered my least favorite pair of knickerbockers. That's what I call underwear. That's when I noticed the metal object that had hit me in the nose. It was a big, heavy lock staring me straight in the face. So I took out a paperclip and picked it. Got it. <gasps> this safe is just full of wrappers. The candy. It's been eaten. What's the meaning of this? Huh? Who are you? And where are your pants? They'd fallen down, but there was no time for that because that voice belonged to... Garstone Barrington. I know you stole this candy. How? The facts are these. Your kitchen is filled with candy the very morning after candy was stolen from a truck on Fleming Road. I've got you dead to rights. Oh, well, that's impossible. I was at yoga last night. Nice try, Barrington. I'm not believing anything you say. Ah, I'll have you arrested. Guards! We're here, boss. Uh-oh, time to make my escape. It was time for me to make my escape. See you later, fellas. But unfortunately, I had forgotten that my pants were around my ankles. <gasps> which is bad for escaping. Oh, we got you now. At that moment, they almost had me. So to escape, I had no choice but to do what they call the worm. He's getting away! By doing the worm? The worm was working like a charm. You'll never catch me! At least until I collided with the stairs right in front of me. Believe me, doing the worm into stairs hurts more than getting your fingers stuck in the car window. Which I'd done earlier, but forgot to mention. Oh, that was embarrassing to watch. I was embarrassed, but I had to be quick. So I balled up my ripped pants and wound up to throw. Take this! Ah! Pants in my face! I can't see! 
I ran out of there feeling hopeless, hapless, and pantsless. Then I leapt into my trusty Ford Anglia. As I tore out of the driveway, questions started to swirl around in my head. Why was the candy in the most obvious place it could be, the kitchen? Was it supposed to be hidden in plain sight? And was there still a chance of signing that smooth-voiced butler to an audiobook deal? That was when it hit me. The mailbox. But also, a realization. What if the entire case was made up? When I got back to my home office, I leapt out of my Anglia and ran up the stairs. There was only one thing I was concerned with now. My money in my money drawer full of money. <gasps> my money! It's all gone! My money drawer is now just a drawer drawer. Freeze! Huh? This is the police! What's the meaning of this? You're under arrest, see? For one count of destroying a mailbox and one count of throwing your pants in somebody's face. A.K.A. sharing personal hygiene. Officer, you've got me there. And that was four months ago. I spent every morning since then paying for it by picking up rotten banana peels and muddy soda cans by the side of the highway. But did I deserve such a sentence? Yeah, probably. I did break into that guy's safe and destroyed his mailbox, and the pants thing. But now, I'm finally back in my home office. And as for the mysterious gent, turns out somebody tipped him off about my money drawer so he faked the case to get closer. As soon as I left, he took it all, including the 30 bucks. And Garstone Barrington? Turns out, he was at yoga class. Everything had turned into an unmitigated disaster, but in the end, I'm still the detective on Robert Drive because no one else wants to do the job. Despite all of this, the sign outside my door still reads, Private Eye. Pardon me, I I'm looking for the audiobook agent's office. The end! And now, Lee speaks with the author. Hey Jack, it's Lee from Story Pirates. Hey, how are you doing? I'm doing alright, how are you? Pretty good. How's your day been so far? Did you do anything fun? Yeah, it's been really good. Um, so we live on a boat, and I did homeschool, and then um, we're at the beach now. So how did you get started living on a boat? So um, we used to live in Illinois, and life was normal, and then we just decided to travel. So we went down to Florida, and then went to um Africa, and then up to Egypt. The pyramids were great. And from there to Morocco and then back to the United States. And there we kind of settled down for a bit. And then we decided we wanted to do boating. And here we are now. Oh, my gosh. What an incredible journey you're on. I know, right? It's, yeah, been amazing. Well, let's talk about your story, The Mystery of the Eaten Candy. So um, I used to read this comic when I was little called Calvin and Hobbes. During this, like, character called Calvin, he's a little boy, he's imaginative, playful, and he used to pretend that he was a detective. I just thought that was kind of cool. I wanted to make this a little um, more different. Um, I wanted the ending to be different. Instead of, like, Sherlock Holmes, like, where he never messes up, I want to make a detective who is serious, but is also silly. Yeah, and you did that really well in the big final scene in the house where his pants are falling down, and it's both suspenseful because you're finding out what the conclusion to this mystery is, but it's also really funny at the same time. Yeah, thanks. I didn't mean to do it, but I guess it just shaped itself into, like, a good story, I mean. You know, sometimes the best stories just come from nowhere. You don't know where they came from. Oh, yeah. This one was totally like that. And do you write a lot? 
sometimes like maybe in two months like I write a short story and then like next three months I spend like thinking in my mind what am I going to write next and then the next month after that then I write a story kind of like that. It sounds to me like you spend a lot of time sort of meditating on different ideas and really working them through in your head before they ever get written down on paper or typed on a computer. Yeah usually on islands we take these long walks um, like on journals and stuff and that gives me plenty of time to think of ideas and stuff. Do you have any advice for kids who maybe think I want to be inspired by places and I want to have a creative process like like Jack has, but they're not able to travel as much. Do you have any advice for them? Just being outside in general, it's a better environment. Um, and once you really notice the beauty outside, then you can like relax and maybe like you have like maybe a park or I don't know, a woods and um, you just go in there, sit down, maybe walk around for a little bit, just think. No matter where you are, you just have to go outside. Uh Uh-huh, yeah. Simple as that. It sounds to me like you also see benefit in kind of slowing down a little bit. I, I, you, you gotta take your time. It doesn't happen instantly at all. Never happens that way. Yeah. Being creative, coming up with ideas, writing stories. You got to have patience. Got to be patient. You got to be willing to learn. Um, Just have, have an open and positive mindset. Jack, it has been such a blast talking to you. Thanks for taking the time today. And thank you for letting us perform your story. Uh, it was totally my pleasure. It's been an honor meeting you. See ya. Bye. Bye. That's it for today's episode. Thanks for listening. And a huge thanks to today's authors, Palmer and Jack. Before we go, here's today's story spark. Kids, write us a story that is serious, but also silly. You know, like the mystery of the eaten candy. First, come up with a character from your imagination that is extremely serious. Tell us what that character does that is so serious, and then put them in a situation that is extremely silly. What happens when your serious character has to act silly? Do they get even more serious? Or do they stop being serious and embrace the silly? As always, grown-ups can submit stories at storypirates.com. See you next week. Bye! The Story Pirates Podcast is a production of Gimlet Media, executive produced by Lee Overtree and Benjamin Salka. This episode was produced by Sam Bear, Mike Cavallon, Chad Chennai, Peter McNerney, Andrew Miller, Megan O'Neill, Lee Overtree, Jonathan Roberts, Jasmine Romero, Rachel Winitsky, and Nimini Ware. Recording, sound design, and mixing by Sam Bear at the Relic Room in New York City. Our theme song was written by Bobby Lord, arranged by Brendan O'Grady and Jack Mitchell, produced by Brendan O'Grady, and featuring the beatboxing of Kayla Milady. Musical scoring by Jack Mitchell. Our head writer is Rachel Winitsky. Staff writers are Mike Cavallon and Mahala Lawrence. Contributing writers are Minzui Karami, Peter McNerney, Megan O'Neill, Lee Overtree, and Utkarsh Rajawa. Special guest, Chuck Bryant. This episode features performances by Eric Austin, Ryan Chittapong, Woody Fu, Alex Goldie-Golden, Gabby Hornig, Nick Canellis, Al King, Leslie Kareen, Vanessa Magula, Peter McNerney, Jack Mitchell, Emily Olcott, Megan O'Neill, Lee Overtree, Jamie Watson, 
Rachel Winitsky and Nimini Ware. Stars and Moonlight was written by Gabby Hornig, produced by Eric Gerson, and associate produced by Brennan O'Grady, with additional vocal arrangement and vocal direction by Jack Mitchell. You know, that was pretty funny when the detective in that detective story split his pants. His pants just like tore right up the middle. <laughs> it's hilarious. It's especially funny to me because that would, of course, never happen to me. And now time to play with my collection of 1,000 small marbles. I'll just take the marbles off the shelf. Oh, no, I spilled them everywhere. Ow. Well, I guess I'm just going to have to pick them all up off the floor. Okay, so I'll just bend over and pick up this first marble off the floor. And now I'll pick up this next marble off the floor. And I'll pick up this marble. And now this one. And now this one. Oh, here's one. Oh, yeah. How about this one? Oh, well, this next one's really far down there. I'll just reach for it and okay, got it. And this next one and this one, this is going to take a while.